0: Wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM, Drive Time, Q and a This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Uh, my name is Will Moala. I'm the pastor of the Para Vista and the Gola Seventh-day Adventist Churches in South Australia. Thank you for joining us on today's show. This week we start a new theme. And our theme for this week is, is the good book too violent? Is the good book, the Bible, too violent? And today, my co-host and I were attempting to answer that. Uh, The particular question is, why does the Bible contain so much violence? And, you know, um, you might be wondering that. You may have read the Bible yourself, and you may have come across this, or you may have come across people who may have said something along these lines, that the Bible is violent. And so that's what we're going to aim to try and tackle this week here on Faith FM Drive Time, Big Q&A. And so, um, as always, my... My co-host in the studio with me, and we do this on a Monday here at Faith FM Drive Time, is Pastor Joseph Matich. Um For those who may not know, Pastor Joseph, he is the secretary of the Seven Day Venice Churches in Adelaide, and I want to welcome you to the studio, Joseph. Yeah, thank you, William. It's uh, great to be here again on on Drive Time. Looking forward to our show today. It's a an interesting one that we're that we're tackling. Yeah, it's a very uh, yeah, it's a question that has caused some people. Uh, to question, uh, I guess the, the nature of the Bible because it does, uh, share some of these, um, these things in scripture that talks about violence and things, um, of that nature and so we're going to do our best to put our best foot forward and and give a biblical answer to this uh this side this theme of violence and yeah so so is the good book too violent that's our theme for this week so joseph you and i and the rest of our faith fm drive time team are going to seek to unpack this um as we go into our week um so yeah so Pastor Joseph, how's things been going since the last time we uh, caught up here? Yeah, look, going well. And I I think um, even this very title, the way it's it's
1: phrased, William, is... Uh, gives us a, an insight into how sometimes this can be perceived is the good book you know that the phrase the good yeah. book re- is referring to what it's referring to the Bible uh, the good book now uh, by the very nature of it being referred to as the good book that implies that almost suggests that if it's good it can only have nice things in it if we yeah. can put it that way William that's correct and so sometimes when um, we yeah we when there's Clearly, there, there, there are other things in the Bible that are not always nice to read and not nicely recorded. Um, sometimes it can lead to questions like, hang on a minute, what's, what's going on here? Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, people kind of don't expect or, or assume that that should not be in the Bible. Yeah. Um, we think of Bible stories as something that often is for children. Yeah, and therefore it would only be nice things in it. But let me ask you, William. I mean, even children's all children's stories, even just fairy tales, are they? Are they all? They all, um, just, <laughs> no, they're not all just good innocent?
0: There's, there's pretty not at all. Yeah. And um, but anyway, we'll 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 tackle that. I'm just trying to think right now, Joseph. I was having a conversation with a church member just on the weekend, and I I forgot. What the actual story was, but it was one of those stories that we would categorise as somewhat something we don't often hear um, being, you know, preached uh, on a weekend service or just even in our discussion groups. Yeah, I forgot the na- the nature. I forgot which story it was in particular in the Bible. I think it was definitely in the Old Testament, but I remember the member just said something along the lines of, "We should speak about that," and
1: yeah. it just
0: made me think about as preachers and as speakers and as churches we. There are books and there are parts of the Bible that, are, you know, we are, I guess, comfortable, I guess, sharing. But then there are other parts of the Bible that we, don't, know, often, we yeah, don't often speak about or yeah. preach from
1: uh, uh, that are not often quoted from. That's right. Lesser known or, yeah, perhaps even
0: harder, honestly, are harder to understand. You're yeah. right. So, and I think this week's theme about violence is probably kind of under that kind of theme and heading of there's there are parts of the scripture that does mention some of these um these themes and and what do we do with that as christians how do we kind of um you know how do we reconcile that with the God of the Bible? And so that's what we're going to try and um, look at this week. So I'm so glad that you're in the co-host seat, Pastor Joseph, with your many years of wisdom and experience to bring to the table today. And just want to thank you to all our listeners out there. I hope that uh, you'll be blessed as you, um, yeah, as you as you listen in uh, to our show today, and and hopefully please stay along with us for the rest of the week because our team will be unpacking different parts of this theme about. Is the good book too violent? Um, so what we're going to do now at the top of the show, we're going to go to our World Watch segment, which is a little part of the show where we kind of look at some something that's come, happening out there in religious trends, current uh, culture that's out there. And so um, the article that I would like to um, share with our listeners to you guys out there, I'd love to hear my colleague, uh, Pastor Joseph, mm. and hear some of his thoughts as well. It's a bit of a sensitive issue. And so um, – You know, if you've got kids in the car right now, (laughs) uh, we'll leave it to your discretion. But it is something that um, we just want to bring out there because it is something that's happening in the uh, Christian church, uh, particularly in Australia. And I thought it would be well worth for us to highlight because I think there is a, a principle there that you and I, Joseph, we mm. want to kind of it bring is. out it of is. this.
1: And we want to know also what our, what our listeners will think about it too yeah. and if they have anything that they want to let us know on the great, tex- text Great line.
0: idea. Yeah. Great idea Joseph. Um, so the article here is from the uh, from the website Religion News Service and uh, the article was just uh, posted just uh, just a, f- a few days ago on, on August 18 and the article is written by a lady by the name of Catherine uh, Post and and the article says, Australian Anglicans split over same sex marriage. And the subheading says, A conservative Anglican splinter group launched in Australia this week, citing the Anglican Church of Australia's failure to condemn same sex marriage. So, what I'll do, Joseph, I'll read a, a bit of the article mm. and then uh, we'll pause and, yeah, just hear what you think about it. So it says, a conservative splinter group opposed to same-sex marriage announced the formation this week of a new Anglican diocese in Australia, triggering an apparent split in the church in here in Australia. Mm. The launch of the Diocese of the Southern Cross prompted the head of the Anglican Church of Australia, primate Jeffrey uh, Smith, to issue a statement Thursday, uh, this is going back to August 18, characterizing it as a uh quote new denomination. Now this is um uh this is Mr. Smith speaking here. It says quote, this company, while established by some members of the Anglican Church of Australia and structured to mirror some of the characteristics of an Anglican diocese has no formal or informal relationship or connection with the Anglican Church of Australia, Smith said in the statement. Smith could not be reached for comment in time for publication. Um, so Glenn Davies, a former Archbishop of Sydney in the Anglican Church of Australia, was appointed as Bishop of the New Diocese th- Thursday at the GAFCON, I think, Austra- Australasia Conference, which is a gathering of conservative Anglicans from Australia, New Zealand, and the South Pacific that met in Canberra, Australia um, earlier uh, this month. And quote, this is what Davies said, uh, Joseph. This is a sad day in many ways, Davies told the Garden. If the leadership, quote, if the leadership would repent and turn back to the teachings of the Bible, we wouldn't need the Diocese of Southern Cross. I'd shut it down and come back. So that that
1: Dave, is that that uh, that was the that's the newly appointed bishop of yep. this breakaway.
0: That's correct. That that is saying that. Yep. just to make it clear. Yeah. Yep. And. Um, Look, there's a bit there in the article, but the thing I want to kind of share with you here, um, in, in our little World Watch segment time is, is the interesting Davies concept of, of, of how the Bible fits into it. And that's hmm. what I really want to unpack, uh, Joseph. He goes a little bit later on, down, down in the article, um, where is it here? He says, quote, um, the issue for us is the authority of the Bible. Oh, so, uh, this is quoted by Richard Condy. He's chair of, of GAFCON Australia, and um, he says uh, he said in a statement, "Quote: The decisions at the recent General Synod, the 2020 Appellate Tribunal opinion that opens a way to blessings for same-sex marriages, and the watering down of the standards of behaviour in changes to faithfulness in service are examples of this. The Diocese of the Southern Cross provides an Anglican home." For those who feel they need to leave their current diocese, and look, there's a mm. bit more on the article. And if you're listening out there, I mean, you just type in, you know, Anglican Church religion news, and you can see the article for yourself. But, but, Joseph, what do you think about this? There's obviously a huge rift in the Anglican Church currently over this issue of same-sex marriage, and we we don't really want to go into the nitty-gritty of that. But I think the the the, the basis of why this group felt that they need to leave was was this idea of of the authority, the issue for them. Was the authority of the Bible, and I'm just wondering, like, um, what are your thoughts on that? How how do you see this kind of playing out? um, You know, what's your comments on this article? Yeah, look, it's always sad
1: whenever there is division in the church, William. Yeah, and um, I want to say right from the outset that this is there is this is not about any you know having a go at any any denomination. Yeah. Uh, This is not about uh, wanting to uh, poke holes at any other uh, religious organization, any any church. Uh, At the end of the day, the church is people. Yeah. And all people are imperfect and all people um, are are striving to to, to follow and to serve God, right? And – we here on Faith FM very, you know, uh, in our humble attempt, uh, endeavour to also um, proclaim and share um, and discuss, you know, from yeah. the Bible and um, and connect with connect with people who who are listening, who are searching, and who who are wanting to wanting to discover things and, and, and learn and grow. Um, so, what what you've shared here, William, is is, is sad. I mean. Mm. Um, Jesus uh, never wanted his church to be uh, to be divided uh, to, for there to be division um, but Jesus also wanted uh, and was clear on on thing, on on principles and on teachings yeah um, and um, he he himself um, instructed his his original disciples which way to go. And, um, we find the early church was committed to, you know, what was known as the Apostles' Doctrine and the teaching and the Word of God, and they continued to be based on, on, on the Bible and, um, and all its, all its principles. And, um, but sadly, uh, Whilst the whilst the original followers of Jesus uh, were committed to that, over time that hasn't always stayed that way. And then there have been always uh, uh, influences from uh, from from outside, um, even from within, that have led to to either bringing in different ideas. And so there's always been this this ongoing challenge William to to stay true to the word of God to st- to stay true to the mission that Jesus has given yeah. and the purpose that he for which he established the church. Um and so yeah that's essentially the, the history of Christianity where we we've had this ongoing um if you like yeah uh, you know, th- th- this ongoing um Tension where, where people have either drifted away from, from the biblical teachings, need to be drawn back, or where God has had to raise up raise up a new group. Now, what, what's taking place here is a situation where you find the, a, a, a denomination that's uh, looking at, I guess, um, an understanding and an interpretation of Scripture, and um, and there has been a, a a difference in understanding affected by needing to needing to deal with their society, and um, and there, there, there's a particular issue here, and this is I, I guess um, same sex relations, same sex marriage, and uh, looking at uh, how uh, how Christians have understood the Bible's teaching on that versus yeah. I guess what how how that's emerged in society, if I yeah. can if I can speak. You know, Clearly about that for a moment, um, and so what what's ended up happening here is um, there's a group that have felt that in order to stay loyal to scripture, they have needed to leave the the existing denomination in which they were. Yeah. Um, what does it come down to? It, as it pointed out here, it's it's the the Bible and what the Bible uh, what the Bible teaches and how people. Certain people within the denomination see what the Bible teaches, and for them, they you know, number one, faith in Jesus Christ and a commitment to to the Bible and its teachings to stand to that, yeah, to stand by that has resulted them in, in them needing to uh, break away and set up this this new denomination. So yeah, yeah it really does come down to um, an understand a commitment to following the the Bible, the Bible, yeah. And um, and and sadly, it's led to led to this division. Um, again, not wanting to cast any aspersions here at all, William. That's as, as you said right from the outset. Yeah. Um, that's that's not our place here. But w- what's taking place here, I believe, is where um, one part of the church has has wanted to uh, be accommodating of society and societal. Yep. Uh, developments, if I can put it that yep. way, in a general sense, where another uh, part of it has felt, no, um, the Bible is our sole authority, it is to be our supreme uh, guide uh, for all rule and faith and practice, and uh, that means that we need to take a stand on things, and they have dis- they've felt that this is an area in which they've had to make a stand and, um, and have uh, separated from the denomination.
0: Yeah. Well said, um, Pastor Joseph. You know, I was also just thinking, you, you know, that passage in where Paul says to Timothy in second Timothy, I think it is in the fourth chapter, he talks about, you know, preaching the word about being faithful to scripture. And, um, I think that's, that's something that as believers, we have to, um, you know, settle within ourselves. At what point do we draw the line in the sand? At what yeah. point do we stand for scripture? At what point do we, you know, um, do you know? Do we go along? I guess with the particular group or the the body that that you um, that you are uh, a part of. So yeah, look, I just thought we'd raise that because you know there are some of the current things that are happening in the culture mm-hmm. and where faith and culture intersect. That's right. In something that is being that that is I guess more accepted in in today's society. Um, You know, how do we line that up with, with the Bible, you know, and that's going to be an ongoing tension, um, you know, till the, till the Lord returns. It is. I think it might get ramped up more and more. And, you know, we're seeing certainly, um, we're seeing, we're seeing signs of it happening right now. So it's a very interesting time, Joseph, that we're living in. And as believers, we need to be, you know, even more faithful to to where the Lord leads, and you know i 'm so glad Pastor Joseph, that you know within our faith group you know it 's something that 's kind of settled me I guess over the years as a as a uh, practicing adventist Christian is the the sense of the body of Christ mm. now i know it 's not necessarily being played out in this particular article, but there is something about the way I kind of see it all is that you know that God moves with the body yeah. and then and 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 I kind of see that that's kind of how God has reveals His will and reveals the direction. And so sometimes I may not be as totally, um, I guess, may not necessarily agree with everything that you know that the church does. But yeah, it's sometimes yeah. at some time I have to see that it's uh, that God is leading um, that particular organization. I'm talking from within our yeah, scope yeah. as well. So. Yeah. Look, yeah th- this th- clearly this is a very sensitive issue Yeah, you? this is a very
1: sensitive matter um uh, because you know, there are people out, out there who have differing views people who have loved ones people who yeah. uh see that you know um yeah, that, that there needs to be uh, acceptance and love and all, all all this kind of thing, and so it's a very sensitive issue. Yeah. There are people that are wrestling directly with with, with some of the, the, these matters. Um, then we have scriptural teaching on it, and yeah, there, there, there are some who see that the Bible is uh, maybe it teaches it differently. Um, so yeah, we're not we're not denying here that, that this is a very sensitive sensitive issue. Now it is it'd be fair to say it has been fairly politicised too in the last little yeah. while particularly in our country hasn't it William yeah. um, and um, to uh, to to speak up about this matter particularly of same sex marriage um, has been um, yeah there's been strong reaction to it right yeah and so um, what's been the what what the church has for many years presented as the, the biblical view on it uh, the biblical teaching on it is is really doesn't align at the moment with what uh, you know current progressive society is is um, uh, is promoting right Yep. and so you, you've got it, automatically there you're going to have this kind of a um, um a challenge, a, a, you know, a, tension, a conflict that's going to come in, um, because uh, you'll have them saying, "Well, um, you know, you need to be accepting, full of love, and whatever else of all people." Yeah. I, uh, isn't that what you what you are meant to be about as a church? Yes. Yet also, as a church, we there is um, the the teachings of the Bible that we are to uphold and
0: and stand for, and so that's that's what um, comes to the fore here. Yeah. Well, we hope that. Um we were able to stimulate some um, some discussion out there um, with the regards to this article and just what's happening um, over there um, within the uh, Anglican diocese, and so we want to just keep our brothers and sisters um, in in prayer over there, and we just hope that um, that God's will will will, um, will be very uh, clearly seen and evident. So we're going to switch gears now and we're going to go to some music, but before we do, we always like to uh, promote a free book offer. And so our book offer today is a uh, book, book called Desmond Doss Conscientious Objector, The Story of an Unlikely Hero, and the author is Francis Doss. And so um it says, infantry men who once ridiculed and scoffed at Desmond's simple faith and refusal to carry a weapon owed their lives to him in the midst of a fierce firefight on Okinawa that felled approximately 75 men from the 1st Battalion. Private Doss refused to seek cover and carried his stricken comrades to safety one by one. This and other heroic acts earned him the highest honour America could bestow on one of her... uh, on one of their own a Congressional Medal of Honour. And so we'd like to give that to you as a free gift from us to you. If you'd like that free book off of Desmond Doss Conscientious Objector, The Story of an Unlikely Hero, why don't you text us here in the studio. The code is SA69 and the number is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. One more time, the code word that you need to text in is SA69. No gaps in between. So sa 69 nine to 0488 808 and our friendly bot will get in touch with you and get your details and then we will do our best to ship that out to you as soon as possible. So right now we're going to some music we'll be back in just a moment you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time q and Not I, but Christ in me from City of Light. You're welcome. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, vq a uh, myself, Pastor Will, and my co-host, Pastor Joseph uh, Madachich, Secretary of the Seven day Venice Churches in South Australia. If you've just tuned in, we're taking as the theme of this week is the Good Book too violent. And today, Joseph and I are, are looking at the the question: Why does the Bible contain so much violence? What do you think out there? If you'd like to text us in, you're listening from home or wherever you may be. Why don't you text us in? Love to hear your thoughts, and I'll do my best to to read out your comments as we are going through so uh, our number here in the studio is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one I would love to hear from you today so Joseph we're looking at the idea of this idea of violence is the good book too violent and the question we are looking at particularly is why does the Bible contain so much violence so why don't you walk us through um, sh- let hear us let us hear your thoughts on, on the on what you think about this um, this theme. Yeah, thank you, William. This, this is um, something
1: that when we talk about the, the violence in the Bible, we're, we're particularly referring to the Old Testament, William. And right. so much so that um, some people think that there are actually two, not just the two parts to the Bible, the Old Testament, which is the first part, and then the New Testament, but that there are almost two different pictures of God right. uh, given uh, in, in in the Bible. One who is the God of the Old Testament, and then the one of the uh, the New Testament, which is uh, described by or portrayed by Jesus Himself, right. whom we find as very um, gentle, peaceable, yeah. um, and you know, so much so that um you know Jesus Himself uh, you know he 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 some of his teachings were uh, you know love your enemies um, if someone hits you on the right cheek turn to him the other and so uh, a very different picture there that, that we find but it's in the Old Testament and William what I thought we do today is. Um, look at um, a, uh, look at a couple of significant passages where we find this violence recorded, and see if we can get a bit of an understanding as to why we have it in the Bible. Right. And the the first one I thought we would look at are the the passages, in, and they are in the Old Testament. The passages that refer to where. The uh, the ancient Israelites, uh, the God's people of old, were commanded by God to to go and destroy other nations. Yep. Um, it's not mentioned just once. Not mentioned just twice. There there are a number of passages where um, God uh, directs His people to go and to to destroy, to completely uh, annihilate. Um, a, another nation, um, wow. and um, and it clearly is, is 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 quite brutal and violent. So, um, as I said, there's a number of passages. Let me share a, a few. Exodus chapter 23, verse 23. Uh, God says, "My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites." Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and I will wipe them out. Right. Um, that's pretty, pretty blunt and clear. Um, and then um, in the Book of Numbers, chapter twenty-one, the Lord listened to Israel's plea and gave the Canaanites over to them. They completely destroyed, destroyed them yeah. and their towns. Numbers twenty-one, verse three. Deuteronomy chapter 2, uh, referring to Israel now, um, entering into the land of Canaan. And this is, this is significant because it, it's, 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 uh, all these passages are referring to the destruction, in this case, of, of the Canaanites. Yep. And, and we'll look, look at that in just a moment. Uh, but this one in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 34, we read there, um, at, uh, in the first person uh, Plurus says at that time we took all the towns and completely destroyed them, men, women, and children. We left no survivors. Right. So you get the picture, don't yeah. you? Yeah. This is total destruction, annihilation. Um, then uh, continuing on as they uh, as it describes as the Bible describes the, the Israel's conquest of. Of the land of Canaan, this was so. Just just to back back just for a moment, um, God um, chose a nation, um, the, the nation of Israel. Led them out of Egypt, and um, He led them for forty years through the, through the wilderness. And then He promised them to lead them into yep. a, a new land um, that that He would give to them. And then it's in that land that they, as they are settling in, um, He orders them to destroy. Um, the, the the people there right. and yeah why how, how can you know why is God ordering this to take place this this destruction' um, you know, just reading another another passage that describes a Joshua chapter 11 verse 11 it says they totally destroyed them that's the Canaanites yep not sparing anything that breathed right so totally destroyed them mm-hmm. um, Men women and children we read a bit earlier. No survivors. It's 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 pretty it's pretty direct, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And um, and so we cannot escape the fact, William, that the Bible, not in just in an obscure place or on an odd on an odd occasion here and there, uh, talks about this destruction, this wiping out, this mass killing, really, of, of these people. In this case, especially the the Canaanites. No wonder, then, William. That uh, people have struggled with this and think, well, the God of the Old Testament is very different to when we come to the New Testament and we read about the stories of Jesus and how he heals people and how little children would come and and you know sit on his uh, sit on his yeah. knee and you know it seemed to be completely contrasting pictures. Well, yeah, I mean that's probably a bit of another topic that that can be looked at. Is it really two different? Um, Pictures of God, or is there something else here that we're not understanding? But let's sticking to the, to the question for today, though, is um, we're looking at why does the Bible contain so much um, violence? Well, when, when we read these passages, it's no wonder that a you know that people who have no time for God, that have no time yeah. for the Bible, question this. Yep. Uh, most notably, uh, someone like Richard Dawkins. Right, right. Uh the well-renowned atheist who's written a number of books against God, against Christianity, he against wrote what?
0: The God Delusion was it? I Yes. Think? Yeah.
1: Yes, uh amongst uh, amongst other books. And um and in that book, The God Delusion, he said this, "The God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction." Uh, now notice what he thinks of the Bible Yeah, he it fiction. It, yeah. Yeah. Now apart from that he, he describes, refers to God As the most unpleasant character uh, he, Dawkins goes on He says, referring to God He's jealous, proud Petty, unjust, unforgiving Control freak And then notice these next words Bloodthirsty ethnic cleanser Wow A bully, he says That's page 31 of that book So yeah, you know, f- clearly he's saying here. There's all this violence. Uh, this God of the God that's yeah. that's um, sanctioning this this is a violent is is a violent God. And then he goes on um, in that book, page two forty eight. He says, "The Bible may be an arresting and poetic work of fiction, but it is not the sort of book you should give to your children to form their morals." Wow. what makes my draw drop he says is that people today should base their lives on such an appalling role model as god wow, wow. you know so yeah you know, here's Dawkins, uh really really you know grappling with his whole uh issue in the bible of all is violence and um no wonder that he has no time for it because he just thinks this is just yeah terrible this is just not uh, how, how, how can this be? So let, let, let me look at uh, let me suggest a few things here. When we we look at um, why the Bible contains so much violence, let, let's let me suggest this. First of all, um, we need to avoid making a few f- um, incorrect um, assumptions or explanations. Right. Mm-hmm. The first one is that when we read about that violence, uh, we that we cannot use that as a basis for how we treat people today. <laughs> okay, right. So. We we can't say oh well you know God ordered this yeah. to happen back then that means that you know we can go now and be um, violent against others and you know if people disagree with us you know we, we can go kill them no that that's that's misinterpreting um, what what's what's going on there and we'll come back to that um, the the second uh, thing we need to avoid is to to be saying oh well that was the Old Testament. Um, we're now living in the new, so you know we, we're disregarded. That, yeah. That's wrong as well, um, n- and it's also incorrect to say, "Oh, well, that didn't really happen; that, w- that was just fiction." Yeah, almost okay? like yeah. So th- 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 they—that's how not to I- interpret um, the bi- the violence that we read in the Bible. So how do we make sense of it? Here's what what's significant, Will. Um, what we looked at here. Passage after the passage where God said, destroy the man, woman, and child, completely wipe them out, right. annihilate them all, no one left. How do we make sense of all of that? Well, what we need to understand, all those passages referring to the, the destruction of the Canaanites was a unique situation. Okay. And it's because of this. The Canaanites were known for their horrific human rights abuse. Right too gruesome to and explicit to actually mention here Um, the Bible gives us an an indication an insight about what their practices were in in one passage just one passage I want to share very quickly Deuteronomy 18 verses 9 and 10 when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you God says here do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there that's the Canaanites let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire wow that's key that's key that that gives us a little insight yep. one one specific uh, insight into what what it was about the Canaanites you see the Canaanites essentially as part of their 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 um their worship practices were actually um uh, condoning and allow not not just condoning but you know uh, um practicing uh, the sacrifice of of humans um, particularly children, so what this is this is essentially like government sponsored child sacrifice, William wow, that was one of the key detestable things that these people were doing. Can you already get yeah. a bit of a sense, yeah why God would not want, well, first of all, why God would not want his people to be imitating that. Now, secondly, William, is the Canaanites had been warned. So, you know, is it wrong for God to judge this behavior? No, it's not, because the Canaanites had been warned. They had been given plenty of time to change. We can actually work out from the Bible that there was a period of about 400 years that the Canaanites had as a nation, but they didn't change. They didn't um, repent. They were a brutal, evil people who wanted to destroy the Israelites. Is, was, it God, was it wrong for God to judge this? Well, when we look at it in that way, the, 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 you know, this is not oh, just because they're bad, they've got to be gotten rid of. The, the, this, is, this is a situation where the, this was, this was a horrible crimes that, that were actually being perpetrated by them. And, um with such evil, what would one expect? You would want this to stop william it's yeah you know, use a you know an, an analogy when you have uh, something let's say a, a, a cancerous growth on your body, right, what do you do? You, you need to get rid of it so it doesn't affect the rest, right so now that can be seen as a violent action, yeah. But it, it, it's action that needs to be uh, that need, needs to be ta- um, taken taken place with such evil so what we're saying William really is is this is a key thing with such evil we would want it stopped. for example, if there was a gunman on the loose, what would we want done with that gunman Yeah, <laughs> Well in court if there was a murderer we'd want them put away, wouldn't we yep. we want justice and that's what God did with the Canaanites. you see this is not, this is not a case of, of cruelty. God is both kind and fair. He is both loving and just. And out of love, God deals with evil and violence and punish them for their for their for their wickedness. I mean, uh, what we're finding here is that. And let me let me share this um, as we look at you know, th- this particular section, and then we're going to then we're going to go to a specific. Uh, passage of scripture after after our song right. them, but um, it's this one uh, this, this is a statement made by Miroslav Volf and he's a, um, a theologian he, he says this, God is love and God loves every person that's exactly why God is wrathful or angry against some of them Right. then he says this, how does God react to genocide in Rwanda and Syria by doting on the perpetrators wasn't he angry with them God's anger is not opposed to love. God is angry because he is love. Wow. So in short, why is there so much violence? It's not violence for the sake of violence. It's because of the terrible things that were being done. and And the last thing we'd want is for someone to just stand by and watch this being perpetrated. But it's God taking action.
0: Against this violence. Right, right. Hey, listen, Pastor Joseph, please hold that thought because um, we're going to come back in just a few minutes um, uh, towards the tail end of our show. Um, look, we, we just want to just go to some music now. But before we do, we just want to um, just uh, reiterate, reiterate our free book offer. So for you listeners out there, we'd love to give you a free gift on behalf of the Faith FM team. If you'd like a copy of this week's free book, Desmond Doss Conscientious objector, the story of an unlikely hero, which essentially is about private DOS refused to carry, uh, refused to carry a weapon. He uh, basically felled approximately 75 men from the first battalion. Private Doss refused to seek cover and carried his stricken comrades to safety one by one. Look, it's a fascinating story. You've probably seen uh, there was a movie made out of this um, called Hacksaw Ridge, and it's a fantastic book about a man and his faith. And so we'd like to give you that free copy. If you'd like a free copy of Desmond Doss, Conscientious Objector, why don't you text us the code word here in the studio, SA69, no gaps in between. That's the code word, SA69, to 04888808. 11 we're going to go to some music we'll be back in just a few moments you're listening to Faith FM drive time big Q&A by City Light you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A it's Pastor Will here in the studio with my co-host Pastor Joseph Matichich secretary of the Adventist Churches in Adelaide uh we're at the tail end of our show and uh Pastor Joseph just before the break we were you were really unpacking this idea of um reconciling this idea of um This idea of violence as it were in the Old Testament And you were mentioning about the Canaanites And some of their practices which The implications which was what led to their I guess God acting um, Mm. towards that particular nation So walk us through I know you've got Mm. a bit more to share with our listeners today And when we're talking about the violence in the Bible We
1: cannot escape one of the the most violent passages uh, Most disturbing passages And it's recorded in the book of Judges Chapter Nineteen. This is a horrible story, William. I'm sure that this has never been. You know, this is not something that you read out to you know, your children of bedtime or for uh, you know for, for family worship because it's 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 terrible. And um, um, as I said, it's recorded in the Book of Judges, Judges Chapter Nineteen. And uh, essentially, the story is about a, a Levite who had a concubine. Yep. She was unfaithful to him. Left him. Um, but then, um, uh, uh, after a while, her husband went to back to to persuade her to to return to him, and um, and so eventually the, the two of them they they did, and then they they um, they were travelling, and uh, they, they were well they, they stayed there at at, um, at her her parents her father's place for a while. Eventually, they left her on their way, and uh, they they came to um uh the region there in the hill country of ephraim it, it describes them there and um they they were looking for a place to stay and um a man said um you're welcome at my house um and he said only don't spend the night in the square so he took them into into his his home and they were uh that's where he um, uh, you know fed them and um whilst they were inside the house meanwhile outside some it, it describes there's some wicked uh, men of the city surrounded the house and demanded that this uh, these visitors be brought out to them. Um, th- that the- that the man be brought out so that they could. It says they could have sex with him. And um, the the owner of the house begged them not to do this. And and so yeah. much, uh, but they would refuse. And he ended up uh, sending his um um he offering. He said, "Here's my virgin daughter." Uh, I'll, I'll bring and and his concubine. I'll bring them out to you, and you can do with them a, 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 as you wish. But they wouldn't listen, so the man took his concubine, and sent her outside to them, and they raped her all night and abused her, and, and um and then at the at, at and left left her there for dead at, yeah, at, at the doorstep. Dead, yeah. It's terrible. And then in the morning, the master got up, uh, steps out, finds her there, uh, essentially essentially sort of nudges her, get up, uh, but there was no answer, and then um he picks her up takes her on his donkey and then he, and this is the most gruesome thing in the end he cuts her up into 12 parts um and sends them to all areas of of Israel um and he finishes off the story everyone who saw it says such a thing has never been done nor since that day in is- since the Israelites came up out of Egypt you know so you got this incredible yeah, terrible terrible horrible what what's going on here well you know um there's there's something very important that's recorded in the book of Judges. Not once, but a few times. Um, the, the, the very opening words of this chapter are really instructive, uh, William. Right. It says there, In those days Israel had no king. Okay? So there was no ruler. Um, and um, at the end of the book, most significant, this sums up the entire book because what we've just looked at, by the way, Judges is probably one of the most bloodthirsty books in all the Bible. Yeah. What we've looked at is, you know, is is a terrible story. But there, there are other records of violence and, um, and terrible things taking place. What's going on? Well, the very last verse, the very last verse of the book of Judges says this, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit, or as some versions put it, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. His own eyes yep. Why is there this violence? Well, we we see it here, William. It's because there was no leader. There 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 was no. If you like, it's it's as Blaine says. It, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Yeah. So there was no moral compass. There there was no um, uh, guide. There were no guidelines. So. Uh, what's going on here is you've got unrestrained rebellion. That's the result of what happens when it allows everyone to do yeah. their own thing. That's what happens when human beings run rampant without any restraints. That's 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 now that's the immediate explanation of the violence here. It's 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 teaching us that if humans are left to do whatever they think is yeah, right, left, yep. this is what it leads to. Right, This is what it leads to. And I think that, well, that's, that's fair, that we need to see this taught to us in the Bible, not for the sake of glorifying violence or to focus on the violence, but to focus on what happens when there is no... Guide, no moral authority, no direction. Yeah. What happens? It results in anarchy and terrible, uh, terrible violence, unrestrained rebellion. Yeah. Now that's one reason why there's violence in the Bible. There's another reason, and this is the bigger picture, and it's it's because the Bible is documenting what is. In other words, it's describing the reality. The reality of what? The reality of the fact fact that as humans we are living in a sinful world. Sin entered the world according to Genesis chapter 3 in the beginning. And what is sin? Sin is opposing God, rejecting God, choosing to go human's way. And um, the result of all of that is are all the terrible things that that, that we see—earthquakes, floods, famines, pandemics, yeah. wars—and um, the violence—it's in the big scheme of things. This is a consequence of humans choosing to disobey God. Yeah, it is a consequence of of sin. That's the second reason that we're there So much violence—it's the trespass or the disobedience against God. Right. There's one more reason, Will while there's so much violence in the Bible. And it's related to how how we are saved. Uh, All Christians would know, most people would know, God so loved the world that he gave Gave his only only begotten son, that whoever believes in him may not perish, but have everlasting life. Yep. What did God do? God gave his son. How, How did he give him? He gave him... Who 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 came and who died? So, in order to save us, what it took to save us is it took the death of the, the of the spotless Son of God, the perfect uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. When we look at the cross, we see violence. Yeah. When we see when we look at the the, the crucifixion of Jesus, we see. What it was, what it required to save us from our sins. It gives us a picture of what sin is, and um, it it shows us that, sadly, it, it, that's what it took.
0: Salvation is one of the most grues- grossest, most violent, and gory and, events in the history of the world. And I think as well, Pastor Joseph. I think in some ways, when we look at all the, when we're talking about violence and all these heinous acts of injustice and murder and bloodshed. Um, that's happened to people in the Bible or seemingly people who, like the Canaanites, like those whom God's judgment was directed to, I'm hearing what you're saying is mm. ultimately uh, Jesus, the Son of God, experienced the ultimate form of violence and, and evil that could ever have been inflicted on some someone. Mm. He He took that. So in some ways, the violence you see in the Old Testament God turns around and says, "Hey, my son endured that and yeah, more yeah, to a yeah. level that you and I will never fully fathom yeah. um, on this side of, of 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 history." And so, in some ways, God can say, "Yep, violence did happen in the Bible. It did happen. It happened to people, um, as you read in the in the scriptures." Um, but you know, my son went through. Um, he went through just as much, and he experienced our salvation was paid through. Um, through uh, the punishing death of, of, of our Lord Jesus. Yeah. So that's,
1: that's really well put. And I think, um, you know, to, to conclude it in, in three ways, William, I'd like to say this. Yep. Why is the Bible so violent? Why do we have violence in the Bible? Number one, uh, number, as we've seen, um, the, the, the violence against, like it was the Canaanites, it was a case of this was evil that needed to be eradicated and needed to be needed to be stopped. Um, the violence that we saw it referred to in the book of Judges shows what happens when human evil is not damned up by civic authority. In other words, it shows us what happens when there is no restraint, right. when, there is, when, when humans are allowed to do whatever is rightful in their own sight, it, it, it degenerates into total chaos, destruction, violence, abuse, and horror. The second reason why there's so much violence in the Bible is because it shows us what the consequence of sin is. And finally, it shows, it shows us what it took
0: to save us from sin. Thank you Pastor Joseph. Our time's up for today. We'll see you next time here on Drive Time B Q and A. May God richly bless you.